and our Holy Father begins. Our liturgy today parts in Italian, and when we get to the actual liturgy, it will be in Latin. Fratelli e sorelle, in questa santissima Dear brothers and sisters, on this most sacred night in which our Lord Jesus Christ passed over from death to life, the Church calls upon her sons and daughters scattered throughout the world to come together to watch and pray. If we keep the memorial of the Lord's Paschal Solemnity in this way, listening to his word and celebrating his mysteries, then we shall have the sure hope of sharing his triumph over death and living with him in God the Father. Let us pray. Oh God, who through your Son bestowed upon the faithful the fire of your glory, sanctify this new fire we pray and grant that by these paschal celebrations we may be so inflamed with heavenly desires that with minds made pure we may attain festivities of unending splendor. Deacon now bringing the Paschal candle to the Holy Father. Christ yesterday and today. The beginning and the end. Alpha and Omega. All time belongs to him. And all the ages. To him be glory and power through every age and forever. Amen. Now the Holy Father will put the, in, the nails of incense into the candle by his holy and glorious wounds. Gloriosi. May Christ the Lord guard us and protect us. Amen. The Paschal candle now has been prepared may the light of Christ rising in glory dispel the darkness of our hearts and minds minister now brings a flame lit from the fire that has recently just been blessed by the Holy Father in order to 
light the paschal candle a very powerful symbol of christ the light of the world as we heard dispelling the darkness of our hearts and minds and the light of his glory a darkened basilica this will be the only light that will begin to light the darkness and from this light all the other candles will gradually be lit including as we see here the ministers putting uh, some of the, the fire from this fire into the thurifer to light the charcoal which will then burn the incense that will be used this evening A procession will now begin through the darkened basilica, which will gradually become more and more lit as candles are lit, as we welcome the light of Christ. Woman Christi. To which we respond, thanks be to God. The candle moves forward with the deacon bearing it, a wax candle extracted by bees from flowers, symbolizes the pure flesh of Christ. Received from his virgin mother, the wick signifies his soul and the flame represents his divinity. Now, the Holy Father has lit his candle from the Paschal candle. The light of Christ rising in glory to dispel the darkness of our hearts and minds is a, an apt way of, res of defining the light. This connects the Easter candle to Jesus, the light of the world, as he describes himself in the Gospel of John. The fact that all of us light our candle from this shows that he is the source of our light. The flame is also reminiscent of the pillar of fire that led the people of Israel and protected them as they escaped the slavery of the Egyptians. And we'll hear this beautifully proclaimed in the exalted, which is the hymn that proclaims the, the beautiful symbolism of this candle that helps us enter into the Easter mystery. The procession now moving forward, about 40 cardinals participating in this evening's liturgy. 25 bishops and about 200 priests.
And we now see here the catechumens who have been preparing for baptism. Once again, the proclamation, the light of Christ, and our response, thanks be to God. And at this point, other ministers lighting candles in order to begin lighting the candles of other members of the faithful taking part in this evening's liturgy. We saw our Holy Father tracing the cross that is beautifully decorating the candle, etching it with a knife. The cross, of course, the supreme symbol of Jesus and the instrument through which he saved the world from sin and death. We also heard him calling him the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, which are two Greek lit letters, the beginning of the alphabet and the end of the alphabet, commonly used in very early Christian art. These two letters have an ancient history in Christianity rooted in the book of Revelation where Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without price from the fountain of the water of life. He who conquers shall have this heritage and I will be his God and he shall be my son. So here we see both the cross and, of course, water in this uh, beauty from Revelation. Water will also play a very significant part in this evening's liturgy as we welcome new members into the body of Christ. Once again, the deacon bearing the candle further into the basilica, which is becoming lighter and lighter the more people have their candles lit. The Easter vigil must take place after the sun has gone down in order to also commemorate the, the Passover, which is highly connected with the celebration of the Easter Vigil. the light of Christ, thanks be to God, at which all of the lights now are lit in the Basilica. And at this time, I'd like to welcome all of you who uh, are now joining us through those stations making the worldwide telecast possible. The deacon now placing the Paschal candle near the ambo, from which the exalted will be sung. And it will stay there for all of the Easter season and will also be used with every baptism 
and funeral throughout the year. The year is also traced on the candle and uh, it was these words that accompanied uh, the Pope Francis used these words when etching those uh, those numbers all time belongs to him and all the ages reminding us that God is here with us today and is constantly guiding all of creation to himself and then he put five grains of incense into the candle large nails recalling the five holy and glorious wounds of Christ one at the top of the cross at the bottom in the middle and on the two vertical horizontal edges everything that we celebrate tonight is a way of allowing us to enter into the memorial of our Lord's resurrection for in the sacred sense in the sense of sacred scripture a memorial is not merely the recollection of past things but the proclamation of the mighty works of God and somehow through the liturgical celebration these events become present and real as the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us. Our Holy Father has now blessed the incense as well as the deacon who will proclaim the exultet. The liturgical movement now moves. We've been using darkness to light and now we'll move to using words and music to praise and thank God for what the light represents, God's saving activity throughout human history, culminating in Christ's defeat of death and resurrection from the dead. The deacon has finished sensing the text of the exultant and now senses the paschal candle itself both of which are reminders to us of Christ's present presence the text will recall the Passover feast and the journey of the people of God in the desert the waters of baptism and the significance of this holy night Exultet, yam angelica turbace lorum. Exultet, divina misteria. Et protanti regis victoria. Turba insonet salutari. Oh, uh-huh. 
Let them exalt the hosts of heaven exalt. Let angel ministers of God exalt. Let the trumpet of salvation sound aloud our mighty king's triumph. Be glad. Let earth be glad as glory floods her, ablaze with light from her eternal king. Let all corners of the earth be glad, knowing an end to gloom and darkness. Rejoice. Let Mother Church also rejoice. Arrayed with the lighting of his of the lightning of his glory. Let this holy building shake with joy, filled with the mighty voices of the peoples. Therefore, dearest friends, standing in the awesome glory of this holy light, invoke with me, I ask you, the mercy of God Almighty. That he who has been pleased to number me, though unworthy, among the Levites, may pour into me his light unshadowed, that I may sing this candle's perfect praises. devoted service of our voice to acclaim our God invisible, the Almighty Father, and Jesus Christ our Lord, His Son, His only begotten, who for our sake paid Adam's debt to the Eternal Father, and pouring out His own dear blood, wiped clean the record of our ancient sinfulness. In quibus veros ileanus occiditur, cuius sanguine postes fidelium consecrantur. Hec nox est, in qua primum patres nostros Et uctos te egypton. 
which is slain the Lamb, the one true Lamb, whose blood anoints the doorposts of believers. This is the night when once you led our forebears, Israel's children, from slavery in Egypt and made them pass dry shod through the Red Sea. This is the night that with a pillar of fire banished the darkness of sin. In Christo credentis, habitis secoli, et calicine peccatorum segregatus, credit gratiae, sociat is the night that even now throughout the world sets Christian believers apart from worldly vices and from the gloom of sin, leading them to grace and joining them to his holy ones. This is the night when Christ broke the prison bars of death and rose victorious from the underworld. Christ rose from the underworld. 
This is the night of which it is written, The night shall be as bright as day, dazzling is the night for me, and full of gladness. The sanctifying power of this night dispels wickedness, washes faults away, destroys innocence to the fallen, restores innocence to the fallen, and joy to mourners drives out hatred, fosters concord, and brings down the mighty. your night of grace, O Holy Father, accept this candle, a solemn offering, the work of bees and of your servants' hands, an evening sacrifice of praise, this gift from your most holy church. But now we know the praises of this pillar which glowing fire ignites for God's honor. A fire into many flames divided, yet never dimmed by sharing of its light. For it is fed by melting wax, drawn out by mother bees, to build a torch so precious. blessed night when things of heaven are wed to those of earth and divine to the human therefore O Lord we pray that this candle hallowed to the honor of your name may persevere undimmed to overcome the darkness of the night receive it as a pleasing fragrance and let it mingle with the lights of heaven May this flame be found still burning by the morning star, the one morning star who never sets.
Dopo il solenne inizio della veglia, ascoltiamo con cuore sereno la parola di Dio. Meditiamo come nell'antica alleanza Dio ha salvato il suo popolo. Dear brethren, now that we have begun our solemn vigil, let us listen with quiet hearts to the word of God. Let us meditate on how God in times past saved his people and in these the last days has sent us his son as our redeemer. Let us pray that our God may complete this paschal work of salvation by the fullness of redemption. Our first reading will be proclaimed in French from the book of Genesis. Lecture du livre de la Genèse Au commencement, Dieu créa le ciel et la terre. Dieu dit, faisons l'homme à notre image, selon notre ressemblance. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, God said, let us make man in our own image, in the likeness of ourselves, and let them be masters of the fish of the sea, the birds of heaven, the cattle, all the wild beasts, and all the reptiles that crawl upon the earth. God created man in the image of himself, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them, saying to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and conquer it. Be masters of the fish of the sea, the birds of heaven, and all the living animals on the earth. God said, Je vous donne toute plante qui porte See, I give you all the seed-bearing plants that are upon the whole earth and all the trees with seed-bearing fruit. Sera votre This shall be your food à tous les animaux de la terre, to all wild beasts, all the birds of heaven and all living reptiles on the earth. I give all the foliage of plants for food. Et ce fut ainsi. And so it was. Et Dieu vit tout ce qu'il avait God fait. saw all he had made, and indeed, bon. it was very good. Mm-hmm. 
Oh God, who wonderfully created human nature and still more wonderfully redeemed it, grant us, we pray, to set our minds against the enticements of sin that we may merit to attain eternal joys. Our second reading, also proclaimed from the book of Genesis, will be proclaimed in Portuguese. God put Abraham to the test. Abraham, Abraham, he called. Here I am, he replied. Take your son, God said. 
your only child Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him as a burnt offering. On a mountain I will point out to you. When they arrived at the place God had pointed out to him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood. Then he stretched out his hand and seized the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, he said. I am here, he replied. Do not raise your hand against the boy, the angel said. Do not harm him. For now I know you fear God. You have not refused me, your son, your only son. Then looking up, Abraham saw a ram caught by its horns in a bush. Abraham took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. The angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time from heaven. I swear by my own self, it is the Lord who speaks, because you have done this, because you have not refused me, your son, your only son, I will shower blessings on you. I will make your descendants as many as the stars of heaven and the grains of sand on the seashore. Your descendants shall gain possession of the gates of their enemies. All the nations of the earth shall bless themselves by your descendants as a reward for your obedience.
My heart rejoices, my soul is glad. Even my body shall rest in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead, nor let your beloved know decay. of joy in your presence. At your right hand, happiness forever. Padre dei credenti che estendendo a tutti gli uomini il dono dell'adozione filiale moltiplici O God, Supreme Father of the Faithful who increase the children of your promise by pouring out the grace of adoption throughout the whole world and who through the Paschal Mystery make your servant Abraham father of nations so once you swore grant, we pray that your peoples may enter worthily into the grace to which you call them And our third reading this evening, the third Old Testament reading from the book of Exodus being proclaimed in Spanish. En aquellos días, el Señor dijo a Moisés, ¿Por qué sigues clamando a mí? Di a los hijos de Israel que se pongan en marcha. Y tú, alza tu callado, extiende tu mano sobre el mar. The Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward, and you, lift up your staff, and with hand outstretched over the sea, split the sea in two, that the Israelites may pass through it on dry land. But I will make the Egyptians so obstinate that they will go in after them, then I will receive glory through Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and chariot peers. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I receive glory through Pharaoh and his chariots and charioteers. Que iba delante de ellos se desplazó y se colocó detrás, poniéndose entre el campamento de los egipcios y el campamento de Israel. 
the angel of God, who had been leading Israel's camp, now moved and went around behind them. The column of cloud also, leaving the front, took up its place behind them, so that it came between the camp of the Egyptians and that of Israel. But the cloud now became dark, and thus the night passed without the rival camps coming any closer together all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea with a strong east wind throughout the night, and so turned it into dry land. When the water was thus divided, the Israelites marched into the midst of the sea on dry land, with the water like a wall to their right and to their left. Todos los caballos del faraón, sus carros y sus jinetes. Era ya la vigilia matutina. The Egyptians followed in pursuit. All Pharaoh's horses and chariots and charioteers went right after them into the midst of the sea. In the night watch, just before dawn, the Lord cast through the column of the fiery cloud upon the Egyptian force a glance that threw it into a panic, and he so clogged their chariot wheels that they could hardly drive. With that, the Egyptians sounded the retreat before Israel because the Lord was fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord told Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water might flow back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and their charioteers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea flowed back to its normal depth. The Egyptians were fleeing head-on toward the sea, when the Lord hurled them into its midst. As the Lord flowed back, as the water flowed back upon it, it covered the chariots and the charioteers of Pharaoh's whole army, which had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not a single one of them escaped, but the Israelites had marched on dry land through the midst of the sea, with the water like a wall to their right and to their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel on that day from the power of the Egyptians. When Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the seashore and beheld the great power that the Lord had shown against the Egyptians, they feared the Lord and believed in him and in his servant Moses. Entonces Moisés y los hijos de Israel entonaron este canto al Señor. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. Thank you. 
the Lord, glorious his triumph, horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength, my song, my salvation. This is my God, and I extol him, my Father's God, and I give him praise. His army is drowned in the sea. Oh God, who by the light of the New Testament have unlocked the meaning of wonders worked in former times so that the Red Sea prefigures the sacred font and the nation delivered from slavery foreshadows the Christian people. Grant, we pray, that all nations obtaining the privilege of Israel by merit of faith may be reborn by partaking of your spirit. And at this moment, the Gloria will be proclaimed with bells and the candles on the altar will be lit.
Oh Dio, che illumini questa santissima notte con la gloria della risurrezione del Signore. Raviva nella tua chiesa lo spirito dell'adozione filiale perché rinnovati nel corpo e nell'anima siamo sempre fedeli al tuo servizio. Per il nostro Signore Gesù Cristo, tuo Figlio, che Dio e vive e regna con te nell'unità dello Spirito Santo per tutti i secoli dei secoli. O oh God, who made this most sacred night radiant with the glory of the Lord's resurrection, stir up in your church a spirit of adoption so that, renewed in mind and body, we may render you undivided service. And now the epistle will be proclaimed in English. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. When we were baptized in Christ Jesus, we were baptized in his death. In other words, when we were baptized, we went into the tomb with him and joined him in death so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the Father's glory, we too might live a new life. If in union with Christ we have imitated his death, we shall also imitate him in his resurrection. We must realize that our former selves have been crucified with him to destroy the sinful body and to free us from the slavery of sin. When a Christian dies, of course, he has finished with sin. But we believe that having died with Christ, we shall return to life with him, Christ as we know, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. Death has no power over him anymore. When he died, he died once for all to sin. So his life now is life with God. And in that way, you too must consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive for God in Christ Jesus. Beatissime Pater, annuncio dobis gaudium magnum, quodes alleluia. Most Holy Father, I bring you tidings of a great joy which is alleluia. Now the triple alleluia and the following will be the responsorial psalm. 
to the Lord, for he is good, for his love has no end. Let the sons of Israel say, his love has no end. Dopo il sabato, all'alba del primo giorno della settimana, Maria di Magdala e l'altra Maria andarono a visitare la tomba. Ed ecco, vi fu un gran terremoto. Un angelo del Signore, infatti, sceso dal cielo, si avvicinò, rotolò la pietra e si pose a sedere su di essa. 
Il suo aspetto era come folgore e il suo vestito bianco come neve. Per lo spavento che ebbero di lui le guardie furono scosse e rimasero come morte. L'angelo disse alle donne voi non abbiate paura so che cercate Gesù il crocifisso non è qui è risorto After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, approached, rolled back the stone, and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards were shaken with fear of him and became like dead men. Then the angel said to the women and replied, Do not be afraid. I know that you are seeking Jesus, the crucified. He is not here, for he has been risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead and he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Then they went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce this to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Verbundomini. The night is drawing to a close and the first light of dawn is appearing upon the horizon as the women set out toward the Jesus tomb. They make their way forward bewildered and dismayed, their hearts overwhelmed with grief at the death that took away their beloved. Yet, upon arriving and seeing the empty tomb, they turn around and retrace their steps. They abandon the tomb and run to the disciples to proclaim a change of course. Jesus is risen and waits for them in Galilee.
In their lives, those women experienced Easter as a Pasch, a passage. They passed from walking sorrowfully towards the tomb to running back with joy to the disciples to tell them not only that the Lord was risen, but also that they had a goal to reach immediately, Galilee. There would be an appointment with the risen one there. That's where the resurrection leads them. The rebirth of the disciples, the resurrection of their hearts passes through Galilee. Let us enter into this journey of the disciples from the tomb to Galilee. The gospel tells us that the women went to see the tomb. They think that they will find Jesus in the place of death and that everything is over forever. Sometimes we too may think that the joy of our encounter with Jesus is something belonging to the past, whereas the present consists mostly of sealed tombs. Tombs of our disappointment, our bitterness, our distrust. Of the dismay of thinking that there's nothing more to be done, things will never change, better to live for today because there's no certainty about tomorrow. We too, if we are prey to sorrow, burdened by sadness, laid low by sin, embittered by failure or troubled by some problem, we also know the bitter taste of weariness. And we've allowed joy to go out in our hearts. At times, we may simply feel weary about our daily routine, tired of taking risks, to take personal risks in a cold, hard world where only the clever and the strong seem to get ahead. Other times, we may feel helpless and discouraged before the power of evil, the conflicts that tear relationships apart, the attitudes of calculation and, indif and indifference that seem to prevail in society, the cancer of corruption, there's a lot of that, the spread of injustice, the icy winds of war. And then, too, we have, may have come face to face with death because it's robbed us of the presence of our loved ones or because we've brushed up against it in illness or a serious setback. Then it is easy to yield to disillusionment once the wellspring of hope has dried up. In these or similar situations, each of us knows our own, our paths come to a halt before a row of tombs and we stand there filled with sorrow and regret alone and powerless repeating the question why that chain of whys women at Easter instead do not stand frozen before the tomb but the gospel tells us they went away quickly from the tomb fearful yet overjoyed both of those things and ran to announce this to his disciples they bring the news that will change life and history forever 
Christ is risen. At the same time, they remember to convey the Lord's summon to the disciples to go to Galilee, for there they will see him. Brothers and sisters, we can ask ourselves today, what does it mean to go to Galilee? Two things. On the one hand, to leave the enclosure of the upper room and go to the land of the Gentiles, to come forth from hiding and to open themselves up to mission, to live fear behind and to set out for the future. On the other hand, and this is really beautiful, it means returning to our origins, for it was precisely in Galilee that everything began. That's where the Lord had met and first called the disciples. So, to go to Galilee means to return to the grace of the beginnings, to regain the memory that regenerates hope, the memory of the future bestowed on us by the risen one. So what then does the Pasch of the Lord accomplish? It motivates us to move forward, to leave behind our sense of defeat, to roll away the stone of the tombs in which we often imprison our hope, and to look with confidence to the future, for Christ is risen and has changed the direction of history. But to do this, the Pasch of the Lord takes us back to the grace of our own past. It brings us back to Galilee, where our love story with Jesus began. Where, the, where the, our first call is rooted. In other words, it asks us to relive that moment, that situation, that experience in which we met the Lord, in which we experienced his love, and received a new and radiant gaze upon ourselves, his look around the world and the mystery of life itself. Brothers and sisters, to rise again, to start anew, to take up the journey, we always need to return to Galilee, that is, to go back, not to an abstract or ideal Jesus, but to the living, concrete, and palpable memory of our first encounter with him, yes, to go forward. We need to remember, to have hope, we need to revive our memory. This is what we are asked to do, to remember and go forward. If you recover that first love, the wonder and joy of your encounter with God, you will keep advancing. So remember and keep moving forward. Remember and walk. Remember your own Galilee and walk towards it, for that is the place where you came to know Jesus personally, where he stopped being just another personage from a distant past, but he became a living person, not some distant God, but the God who is near you, who knows you more than anyone else and loves you more than anyone else. Brother, sister, Remember Galilee, your Galilee, your call. Remember the word of God 
who at a precise moment spoke directly to you. Remember that powerful experience of the Spirit, that great joy of forgiveness experienced after that one confession, that intense and unforgettable moment of prayer, that light that was kindled within you and changed your life, that encounter, that pilgrimage. Each of us knows the place of our own Galilee. Each of us knows the place of his or her interior resurrection, that the beginning, the foundation, the place where things changed. We cannot leave this in the past. The risen Lord invites us to return there to celebrate Easter, to go back there. Remember your Galilee. Remind yourself today. Relive that memory. Return to that first encounter. Think back on what it was like. Reconstruct the context. Remember the time and the place. Remember the emotions and the sensations. See the colors and savor the taste. For it is when you forgot that first love, when you failed to remember that first encounter, that the dust began to settle on your heart. That's when you experienced sorrow. And like the disciples, you saw the future as without perspective. You saw the future as an empty tomb. 